right, all right, man. Hey, hey, listen, you know, a lot of times we give it up for the worship band, and man, they just did an awesome job, but you guys sounded so good this morning. Can we clap for you guys? Because you guys just sounded awesome today, man. You guys sounded so good raising your voices and singing this morning, and hey, we are in part three of our series, Impact, and, and listen, church, it's, this has been awesome already. This has been awesome already just to be a part of this and just to get to pray and, and just to get to believe God for big things. And um, hey, I want to pray one more time. I want to pray for uh, what we're about to uh, do here today in our time together. Let's pray. Jesus, speak to us right now in a powerful way. God, only you can get our hearts in tune with what you want to speak. And so God, just do whatever it takes to pick up the frequency of our heart and speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, how many of you guys have ever known someone and they just had characteristics? There was, you know, something about them that just made them stand out from everybody else. You know, they, they just had characteristics, something about them that just kind of made them stand out from the crowd. Have you ever known anybody like that? You know, they were just, they're just different. And I don't mean different like in a really a weird way or an odd or, you know, offensive way. I just mean, man, there was just something about them. Maybe even they had characteristics that, that you wish you had. You know, like maybe a sense of humor. You know, that's not for everybody, but you know who it's for. Right? You know, or maybe, you know, they, they, they just, they, you know, maybe something uh, about their, their past, their an intellectual ability that they had. Maybe they were just had a really magnetic personality. You know, one of those people just walked into a room and everybody was just attracted to them, wanted to be with them. They were just kind of the life of the party and you're off in the corner praying the party would end, you know, and you just, it's not like that, but you'd love to be. Right? Have you ever known somebody like that? Just character, yeah, somebody said Pastor Mark. Thank you very much. There you go. Right? Uh, yeah, I'm the guy at the party with the lampshade on his head. And, um, and, but you just, you know, somebody that just had characteristics, maybe that just made them stand out. Well, today we are going to talk about one characteristic that all of us have got to have if we want to live lives that make an impact. If you and I, if we want to live lives that make an impact, that make a difference in the world, that, that after we die... The life that we live, it just leaves this ripple effect that goes on for generations. If we want to live that kind of life, then this characteristic that we're talking about today is absolutely non-negotiable. You've got to have it. If, if our church, we want to be a church that makes an impact, then we have got to have the one characteristic that we're going to talk about this morning. And so if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open up your Bible, turn it on on your phone, whatever you've got today, to Acts chapter 4. Okay, in just a second, I'm going to build up the context because we're kind of coming in in the middle of a story. But in Acts chapter 4, this morning we're going to be in 23 through 31. And as you're turning there, uh, you're getting that on your phone or whatever. If you don't have anything, don't sweat it because the words are always behind me. But just, just let me kind of build the context for Acts chapter 4, 23 through 31. The book of Acts, if this is your first Sunday in this series, it's the story of how the church got started. And what we're learning in this series is that God never intended for the church to exist, but he always intended that the church would make an impact. And really the key players at the beginning of the book of Acts, which is where we are, are two guys named Peter and John. If you remember the first week of impact, we saw Peter preach the first sermon in the history of the church and over 3,000 people get saved. And so what that meant at the time in Jerusalem was that so many people were coming to Jesus, so many things were happening. I mean, the very, the very nature of the city, it was all coming unglued. Everything was changing and the authorities in the city hated it. 
the, the ruling council in the city at the time. And that would have been made up, you know, from police and, and, and things like that. But it also would have been made up by politicians and religious leaders. They're known in the chapter we're going to be in as the council. They hate what's happening. They, they hate this new thing called Christianity. And so they are committed to the idea of trying to snuff it out before it goes any further. And so in Acts chapter 4, Peter and John are preaching, and the council has Peter and John arrested. And they begin to interrogate Peter and John. And they, they bring in, uh, Peter and John before the council. It's a massive ordeal, big interrogation process. And then eventually, after a few questions, they send Peter and John out. And the council is left alone in the room, and the discussion on the table is, how can we get Christianity to stop? How can we get these guys to shut up? How can we snuff this out? How can we exterminate this before it goes any further? And so the council gets this idea, here's what we're going to say. We're going to bring Peter and John back in, and we're going to tell them, we're going to stop Christianity from spreading worldwide by telling Peter and John, if you talk about Jesus one more time, it's going to be bad. You need to be silent or else. In fact, in fact uh, look at these verses here. I think they might be with us here. Acts chapter 4, verse 18, we actually see what the council said. It says this, So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we've seen and heard. That's awesome. I mean, after that, you just drop the mic and walk off stage. You know what I mean? Because they're like, listen, it's up to you what you're going to do with this, but we can't shut up. We just can't stop talking about what God has done in our lives. And so they let Peter and John go. Peter and John get together with the other Christians. And they tell them what's just happened. And, and just imagine this scene. I mean, take these words that are on this page or on the screen on your phone, wherever they're at. Take them off the page and let's have them be more than words. Picture, try to picture this. Here they are. They're talking to parents. They're talking to, to grandparents. And they're talking to teenagers. And they're talking to kids. They're talking to people with a lot of life left. They're talking to a people that are just like you and me, and Peter and John get all the Christians in the room, and they say, guys, listen, we just got arrested, and they told us that if we don't keep quiet, it's going to go bad. And so, guys, I don't know what's going to happen to you. I can't guarantee that you're going to live. I can't guarantee your family's safety. I don't know how this is going to go. Pick it up in verse 23. Look at verse 23. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, watch this, watch their response. When all those Christians heard it, they lifted their voices together to God. Stop, what are they doing? You tell me. They're praying. They hear it and instantly they start to pray. And here's what they pray. This whole section this morning is one prayer. Everything we're reading is one prayer. Sovereign Lord who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon 
upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all, say the next word with me real loud, boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with, say it with me, boldness. So they hear that they could possibly die, be thrown in prison, and instead of praying for safety, instead of praying that the threats would stop, these group of, this group of Christians, they get together and they pray for boldness. What does it mean to be bold? Well, what does it mean to have boldness? You know, but maybe, maybe we should start off by talking about what it doesn't mean to be bold. See, boldness doesn't mean arrogant, Okay? It doesn't mean to be arrogant. It doesn't mean uh, to be cocky. Maybe that's what you've got in your mind when we talk about boldness. Maybe that's what you're thinking. You're thinking about that person who's really bold, but really they were just really cocky. It doesn't mean to be rude, okay? Because this morning, the one characteristic that you and I have got to have if we want to live lives of impact, it's that we've got to be bold. And so when we talk about boldness, we're not talking about being jerks for Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Do you know those people? Don't look at them if they're here. Right? Because heaven knows we don't need any more jerks for Jesus. Amen? We, there's plenty of those, and there's no sign-up sheet for more this morning, okay? We don't need any more jerks for Jesus. That's not what we mean when we talk about boldness. But see, if you take a dictionary, you look up the word boldness, it means the ability to take a risk. It means to have courage. And Summit, you need to listen to me. Make no mistake about it. If you and I are going to follow Jesus today, it will require boldness. Because let's just be honest. Let's just be honest this morning. It's hard to follow Jesus. Amen? Would anybody just raise their hand and be honest enough to admit it's hard to follow Jesus? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Everybody else that's not raising your hand, you're lying. Right? Or you just became a Christian two seconds ago. You know what I mean? It's hard. You're out, it's easy to worship Jesus and follow Jesus here, but it's hard when you're at school and your friends make fun of you. It's hard when you're on that business trip and and you know what everybody does on that business trip and you know there's going to come a point when they invite you and then you're going to have to say, no, 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 I'm just going to stick around in my room, guys. I'm just going to, you know, watch the game and, and hang out. And then they start to make fun of you. Then they start to ridicule you. Then they start to laugh at you. And it's hard to follow Jesus in that moment. It requires boldness. And see, make no mistake about it, God wants his church to be bold. So let me just say this before we dive into the meat this morning. Let me just take off the table what somebody in the room might be thinking right now, okay? Because somebody in the room, you're you're looking at me and you're acting like you're paying attention, but somebody in the room is thinking this right now. Oh, you know what? That's not my personality. You're you're talking about boldness. I'm not bold. I'm kind of quiet. I'm really introverted. Boldness is for other people. I'll listen, but clearly this is not a sermon for me. No, 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 no. This has nothing to do with personality. And the reason I know that is because what do they do when they get together? Peter and John tells them that we've just been threatened. We could possibly be put in prison or killed. And what do they do? They pray. Hey, think about this for a second. When you pray for stuff, why do you ask God for it? Because you don't have it, right? The stuff you pray for, you're asking God for it because you don't have it. Do you think Peter and John got it, were, were scared? Do you think they were afraid when they were told, be quiet or else? Absolutely they were afraid. 
These are normal guys like you and just me, like you and me. We need to stop reading the Bible like it's a first century comic book, okay? The book of Acts is not the first version of the Avengers, and Peter is an Iron Man, and John is Captain America, and all that stuff. No, these are guys like you and like me. They hear this, they're afraid, and they pray for what they don't have, boldness. And so it all comes down to you and I asking God for what we probably don't have, boldness. And so today what I want to do, I want to give us a prayer that we can pray together as a church, that you can pray as an individual, starting today and every single day, that God would make you bold. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. I've broken it down into three parts, three parts that come together to make one really short prayer. Here's the first part, here's the first part of our prayer. God, you are in total control. God, you are in total control. See, I love that Peter and John go and they tell all these other Christians what's happened to them, and they don't pray, and in their prayer, they say, God, we're about to be arrested. We could be killed. We could be taken to jail. We could be tortured. Jesus, are you going to help us? Amen. Because don't we pray like that sometimes? Don't we pray like something's going on in our life, something's wrong, the bottom bottom drops out, and we just run to God freaking out. You know what I mean? I was thinking about this last week, and I was thinking about my kids. Where where are the parents and grandparents in the room? Raise your hand. Parents and grandparents in the room, raise your hand. I was thinking about the way my kids talk talk to me. I don't know how your kids talk to you. I don't know how your kids talk to you, grandparents. Your kids might walk into your presence and they say, oh, Father, can I get your slippers? Would you like your shoes shined, Father, before you go to work today? Right? Right? If your kids are doing that, I would love to know what you're sli- sli- slipping in their juice. You know what I'm saying? Right? My kids don't do that. I was thinking about how my kids talk to me when they first get home from school. When they first get home from school, it is just like a vomit of commands. Do you know what I mean? Dad, can you get me juice? Dad, can you get me goldfish? Dad, can you turn the TV on? Dad, can you help me with my homework? Dad, can you do my homework because I ain't doing it? Dad, can you make me something to eat? Dad, 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 dad. That's why, why are you clapping? I think you're clapping just because it feels good to admit we've got kids with problems, doesn't it? Feels good. All of a sudden, this is a support group, right? Right? But see, a lot of times we can talk to God that way, right? Or I can. God, I don't know what we're going to do. God, I don't know how this is going to go. Amen. And then after the amen, we don't have peace that passes understanding. We're freaking out beyond understanding. Can anybody relate? But notice this. They begin to pray and they fill their minds with who God is. Let me read to you how this prayer started. I just want to read the first two words. They get together and they pray. Verse 24, if you've got a Bible, look at it, underline it. Sovereign Lord. Sovereign Lord. Maybe that's a new word. Let's all say it together. Let's all say the word sovereign. Sovereign. See, the word sovereign means that God is in total, absolute control of everything. And I know that it's easy to watch the news, read the newspaper, and think that the world is out of control, but that's why we need to look at the world through the lens of faith, because when we look at the world through the lens of faith, what it says to us is that there is not a speck in the universe that is right now outside of God's control. Absolutely everything in this room, everything in the world is under the control of God at this moment. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, it says that God right now, right now, now is holding everything in this room together by his word. God is in control. God is 
sovereign. And see, boldness, boldness comes from knowing that God is God. And church, I just want to tell us today that we have a God in heaven who has never faced a setback. He's never faced a disappointment. He's never had to have a plan B because he always executes plan A that what scares me and what scares you doesn't scare him. What intimidates us never intimidates him. God is God all by himself. All by himself. And so the church, you and I, The church should be the most courageous people on the planet. The church should be the the people on the planet that are taking the most risks. We should be the most generous people on the planet because we've got a God who is in heaven right now, and he is our heavenly Father who loves us and is in control of all things for our good, protects us. And listen, so if that's true, what are you afraid of today? If God is that sovereign, if he is that in control, if he rules over your life and cares for you that much, what are you afraid of today? Because this first group of Christians, they had plenty to be afraid of. But see, the threat against them was not as big as the God who was for them. And I don't know what your situation is today, but I want to say to you that whatever mountain you're facing, it bows down to the God of heaven today. And it is not in control. God is in control. So this prayer for boldness, it starts by saying, God, you are in total, absolute control. But then the second part of the prayer that we're going to pray, if God's going to make us bold, is fill me. God, you are in total control. So fill me. Everybody say fill me, so I know you're you're awake. Fill me. Fill me. I love this phrase. Notice this small phrase that happens in verse, in verse 31. It says that in the place and they were gathered together was shaken. Watch this. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. See, this, this, this happens almost every chapter in the book of Acts. See, to be filled with the Holy Spirit isn't something that happens one time. It's something that happens over and over in the book of Acts. In fact, when the interrogation in chapter 4 starts, it says Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit. In the next chapter, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. As we continue in the book of Acts, people who stand up and take a risk and have courage, they are all of a sudden filled with the Holy Spirit. And if every single day they needed a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit, then you and I, so do we. You and I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit every day. Now, now I know that sounds weird, okay? I know, I know that might sound like weird language, you know, like filled with the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden you think I want to bring a box out and we've got snakes, and hey, 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 hey. You know, that was free, by the way. That was totally free. And I'll never do that again because I think I just pulled something. But But I want to explain to us, because this is such an important concept. Next year we're going to do an entire series on this called Recharge, all right? Such an important concept. I've got a little something up here that I want to show you. How how you and I, why we need to be filled every day. So let's say this is you. Everybody say, hi, me. All right, there you go. Some of you are in, some of you are not. You've already checked out. This is you, and you're filled up. You're this jar that's filled up. And let's just say this is you after church. And man, after church, after a sermon on boldness, you are fired up, man. Like you're walking out of the forum today with your chest stuck out. What's up, devil? Right? Like we're giving water guns out at the end so you can charge hell with a water gun. And you're just pumped, man. You're fired up today. And then you get in the car and your kids are fighting. 
Mommy's punching me. Daddy's on my side. And then all of a sudden, you're bold enough to sell your kids on eBay. Right? Right? And, or, or you get in the car, and all of a sudden, you get that text message from work that that meeting is not going to work out. That, that deadline, you're going to miss that deadline. All of a sudden, you remember the test you didn't study for. You leave full. But see, have you ever noticed that life can suck the life out of you? You ever notice that? So you leave full, and this is life. And life just creeps in. I'm going to make a mess. Life just creeps in and takes a little bit out. And then Monday comes, and everybody hates Monday. At least that's what you put on Facebook. Right? So just by nature that there's a new day, that takes a little bit more. And you didn't plan on it, but you get laid off this week. Man, that takes a lot. It takes a lot. You see what's happening here? This happens to me every day, that life can just suck the life right out of you. And see, what we need is we need God to fill us up every single day. We need God to come and to fill us up, to to recharge our battery every single day. Again, let me illustrate it in case you're not uh, tracking with me so far. How many of you have one of these right now? How many of you have a phone? Okay? Okay? All right. Go ahead and put them down. How many of you plug your phone up to a charging device only one time a week? Raise your hand. You only charge it one time. Raise your hand. No hands. Okay. Um, How many of you only plug it up to a charging device twice a week? Raise your hand. Only two times. How many of you charge this every day? Raise your hand. Hey, you know what, guys? If this needs to be charged every day, this needs to be charged every day. See that? Some of you, the reason that you're so empty is because this right here is the only feeling that you get a week. And this right here can't get you to Tuesday afternoon. Okay? Now, I try, I try my hardest, man, to give you something to stand on and to chew on all week. But if this right here, if it leaves this room and you're not doing anything until next week, this is not enough, church. This is not enough. You don't eat once a week. You eat every day. You need to be filled every day. So you and I, we need to put ourselves in environments where God can fill us every single day. That's why throughout this series, we're doing impact devotionals. Are you doing those? We're putting those out every day so that you can spend time in God's Word so that God can fill you. Are you in a life group? So that God can fill you in community. Are you on a serve team? So that God can fill you. See, see, if... We, we know that God is in control, but life can cause me to live like God is not in control. And I need God to fill me every day. Tomorrow I'm going to need to be bold because there might be something I'm tempted with that I don't know what's coming. Some of you are going to need to be bold this week because you're going to get a text message from that guy and that girl. And you know that when you get together it's not good. You need to be bold to say no to that text message. And the only way you'll be bold this Wednesday is if God's filling you on Wednesday. Say, fill me. God, you are in total control. Fill me. And here's the last part, and then we're done. Make me bold. Make me bold. Last week, we wrapped up our dedication event with everybody taking a flag and writing names on the flag of people that we are praying will come here on October the 5th, where we're praying for 50 people to be saved. And we wrote those names down for, people to be, for those people to be prayed for, that they would come to our, to our October 5th service and be saved. Oh, we wrote down the names of people that we prayed would come to our future campus and be saved. My kids walked up to me last week at the end of the dedication event, and they said, Dad, you know whose name we wrote on our flag? I said, who? They said, Miley Cyrus. My kids ask God for big things. I love it, man. I love it. I love it. Big faith. I'm in. 
So if she gets saved, she'll be in our praise team. But no twerking. Put that down. Hey, you know what? If those people, if those people are going to come here on October 5th, and if those people might give their life to Jesus, then those people need you and me to be bold. Because I found that usually the people I pray for to get saved, God uses me to lead those people to him. So you have to be bold enough and willing to let God use you to potentially lead them to him. Hey, if you're going to invite them to church, that takes boldness. Amen? takes boldness to tell people about Jesus. Hey, you know what? The pledges that we gave this morning and the pledges that we're going to give throughout the Impact Vision Initiative, it takes boldness to carry through on those pledges. See, imagine, imagine what would happen if our entire church, if our entire church went to God and said, God, make me bold. God, make us bold. And listen, Summit, we're not the best church. We're not the church, but we are a church in this city. And imagine what over 500 people who went to God and said, God, make me bold today. Imagine what God could do through those people. So it's time for the church to pray, God, make us bold. We live in a dark world that needs the gospel of Jesus. And what they need is for the church to be bold in serving them, bold in loving them. So teenagers, if you haven't paid attention at all, lean in. Teenagers, listen to me. Stop lying to yourself and saying that one day you'll get bold. But right now, you need to get all this other stuff out of your system. Listen, listen. Hear it from a guy that's on the other side of where you are but still remembers where you are. If you can't be bold now, you will not be bold later. Let's broaden it up to everybody else. Maybe you used to be passionate, man, about the things of God. You used to be fired up about seeing your friends saved. Every single week, you invited somebody to summit. And now, all of a sudden, church is just an activity that you check off on a box. Listen, you need to go to God desperately today and cry out to him and say, God, fill me again. You need to be bold so that this week you can say no to the temptation that's just sucking the life out of you spiritually. Listen, if God is in total control, it is time for the church to take risks. It is time for the church to have courage. It is time for the church to stand up when everyone else is setting down. It is time for us to open our mouths and tell people that Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. It's time. And I know that's scary. Man, listen, I know that's scary, guys. It's hard for me. It is scary for me. But you know what? Some of us are so afraid and we're making the excuse, oh God, you know what? I can't say anything. What if I say the wrong thing? Listen, if you just open your mouth and the only thing that comes out is Jesus, that's good. Now, it'll be weird for everybody else, like real weird. But listen, God can use that, but he can't use your silence. It is time for us to be bold. God, you are in total control. Fill me and make me bold. Hey, you know what? Right now I'm going to give some people the opportunity to make the boldest and best decision of your life because you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I don't know what brought you in that seat today, but God's been speaking to you. And you know that you need to be saved. And right now, there's thoughts that are going through your head. Oh, you know what? I'll do that next week. Or the people that I'm with, they'll laugh at me. My friends will make fun of me. What will my mom, dad, my spouse think? No, 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 no. What will God think? And today, you need to make the boldest decision of your life and give your life to Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, right now, right now, it's time to stop playing games. 
Jesus, you are alive. And hell and heaven and life and death and eternity is all real. It is all real. And it is time for us to be bold. It is time for us to stand up. It is time for us to open our mouths and to open up our lives so that you would make an impact through us. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, church, I believe that today, I believe that today could be a day when we cross the line, we draw the line in the sand and say no more playing games. So I'm going to ask you to do something very bold this morning, and I'm only going to ask you to do it if you're all in. If you're really serious, I want you to do this. If you're here in that seat today and God has spoken to you and the prayer of your heart as you've heard this message is, God, I want to be bold. God, I want to live a life of impact. Make me bold. It doesn't matter who you are or where you're sitting, how young or old you are. If you want, if that's your prayer today, I want you to stand up right now where you're at. Go ahead and stand up. God, make me bold. Stand up right now. Stand up right now. If you're a teenager, that's your prayer. I want you to stand up. If you're an adult and that's your prayer, you're a grandparent, you're a single, you're married, I want you to stand up, stand up. What will my spouse think of me? It's time to get bold. It's time to get bold. But if you're here today and you're saying, I am done, God, I want to be bold. Go ahead and stand up. People are standing up all over this auditorium. Right now, we're going to pray. We're going to pray that God would make us bold. And we're going to pray the simple prayer that we talked about today. And we're going to do it out loud. So out loud together, if you are standing, and if the cry of your heart this morning is, God, I want to be bold, I want you to simply pray the three parts of that prayer. There they are on the screen. I want you to simply pray out loud, out loud, together with me, that prayer this morning. Let's pray. God, you are in total control. Fill me and make me bold. Right now, as you're standing, I want you to bow your head and I want you to close your eyes and I want you to spend time with God and ask God, God, who do I need to be bold for? Where do I need to be bold? Some of you, it's at home. Some of you, it's at school. Some of you, it's at work. God, make me bold. Pray about it right now. And the prayer that you're praying won't just be a one-time prayer. We have to pray this every day, church. Because remember, tomorrow we need to be filled. And the next day we need to be filled. But some of you are here and you need to pray and ask Jesus to save you for the very first time. You need God to forgive you for your sins. You need the Holy Spirit to come and live inside of you and to radically change your life right now in this moment. And if you are here today and you know that you are not a Christian and you want Jesus Christ in your life, I'm going to pray a prayer. And this prayer is just to help you express what God is doing in your heart. And if today you want to give your life to Jesus, pray this prayer silently right where you're at. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life. Save me. And make all things new in me. Help me to live for you from this moment forward. You are Lord. You are my Savior. And I give you my life. 
with every head bowed, with every eye closed. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, if you just prayed that prayer, I'm going to count to three. And as soon as I say three, I want you to shoot your hand high in the air. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now if you want to give your life to Jesus today. Do it right now. Do it right now. Do it right now. Don't wait. This is your time. And if you are making that decision today, I want you to look at, I want you to look at me right in the eye right now. Just look at me. Just raise your head. Look at me today if you're giving your life to Jesus. Listen, if you are making that decision today, Jesus died for you publicly and he wants you to make this decision public. So on the back of your connection card that we gave you when you walked in, there's a box that says, I gave my life to Christ. Check that box. And in just a moment, I'm going to dismiss you on your way out in the back of the auditorium. There's people with Bibles, green books that say, Seek First. We wrote that book. We put that book together for you. I want you to give it to one of them. And they're going to give, the, give you that Bible, give you that green book. They're going to celebrate with you today. But don't you leave until you tell somebody today the decision that you made. Let's pray. Dear, dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much that, that when we pray for boldness, that is a prayer that you love to answer. And this community and this region needs a church bold enough to love it, bold enough to serve it. So God, I don't just pray for our church. I pray for all churches. I pray that, God, you would send revival to every church that names the name of Jesus this morning. And God, that you would send revival right here to our church. God, you are in total control, but we have a part to play. We need to invite people to church. There's somebody that we need to serve. There's a hard conversation we might need to have. There's somebody we need to forgive. God, you are in total control. Fill us and make us bold. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, let's give God praise for today. Let's give God praise and thanksgiving, man. This was awesome. And look at all these people that are standing. And let me just say this really quick before you're dismissed, okay? Let me say this. Next Sunday, next Sunday, uh, the party is at the Forum, okay? Next Sunday is Celebration Sunday. We are celebrating three years as a church. This has been an amazing three years. So we are literally going to have a party next Sunday. If you do not like the party and you do not like to have fun, don't come to church next week. But if, woo, you like the party, this is where you want to be next Sunday at 11 because we're going to have a good time. We're going to celebrate and we're going to anticipate what God's going to do October 5th. And also, next Sunday night at 6 o'clock right here is our second night of worship. All right? If you came to our first one, it was awesome. But next Sunday night at 6 is our night of worship. Guys, love you. Hope to see you guys in a life group this week. Let's be bold. Praying for you guys. See you next week.